traditionally we think that heritage status is to determined by the expert, but maybe a broader citizens, a broader stakeholders can be involved, and their knowledge can also make important、um, background information for experts to make decision. Social media already. Work at such a knowledge documentation tool, where people are being really active, sharing their knowledge about the heritage property they live in or they visit. Hi, and welcome to Future Making in the Anthropocene. In this podcast series, I invite young academics to share their knowledge with urban and landscape planners. Can their fresh insights inspire them to adapt current practices and ultimately to help keep our environment livable? I'm your host Teun van der Ende, and with me in Salto Studios in Amsterdam is producer Alma Abt. In this second episode of Future Making in the Anthropocene, I'll be talking to Nan Bai and Ines Weiermans about digital citizen engagement with heritage sites. Nan Bai has spent the last couple of years training a computer model to accumulate and process thousands of social media posts concerning several world heritage sites. We'll be hearing about his comparative study of Amsterdam, Venice, and the Chinese city of Suzhou. He also sheds light on the benefits and drawbacks of machine learning when it comes to citizen engagement with cultural heritage. Ines Weiermans will reflect on Nan's work from her perspective within the heritage department of the city of Amsterdam. The focus of her work concerns the 17th-century canal belt, comprising a large area of the city centre. The UNESCO World Heritage Site attracts millions of tourists a year. Her work includes listening to and educating visitors and residents, but most of her time she spends on advising colleagues about how to handle the heritage aspects of the canal belt. At the end of the episode, I'll ask them for some practical take-home messages that you, as a listener of this podcast, might want to try out in your city. Let's go. Hello,、uh, Ines and Nan.、Uh, it's great to have the chance to speak to you here in the studio. How are you both doing, Nan? Cool. Yeah. Yeah, great.、Thank、Ines. You. Yes.、Yeah? Okay.、Um, Ines, and you're a position working for the municipality of Amsterdam. How often do you actually speak to scientists? Oh, that's a good question. How often do I speak to scientists? Well, not that much, I think. Yeah. Well, maybe.、Um, I have a lot of colleagues who are also scientists, and、uh, some of my colleagues also work for the University of Amsterdam. So maybe a, a little bit more than I n- normally think. <laughs> scientists in disguise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Nan,、uh, how about you? Do you get the chance to talk to people in practice,、uh, like Ines, often or not? Yeah, also not very often, <laughs> I would say. Okay. Yeah, it's usually in the university.、Uh, yeah. Context. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm very happy that the both of you、uh, were very eager to join this podcast and connect to people beyond your own network.、Um, in a couple of moments, we'll learn about the possible benefits and drawbacks of digital forms of citizen engagement in heritage sites. 
But in order to understand the subject, uh, we'll be hearing mostly from Nan. But uh, before we dive in, uh, Ines, I'm also eager to hear from you what your occupation is and what you do in uh, your working life. Yes, well, um, I'm I'm working for the, yeah, you call it the mun- municipality of Amsterdam. I, I learned that I have to say the city of Amsterdam. Um, and I work for the World Heritage Office, which sounds like we are with a lot of people, but to be honest, we are only with three people. <laughs> uh, but since uh, Amsterdam uh, was uh, promoted on the World Heritage List in 2010, this World Heritage Office exists. And our main job is to, well, um, try and uh, keep connected with everything UNESCO would like to see of a World Heritage Site, uh, which means that you educate people about the status of World Heritage, what UNESCO means, what what it uh, brings with it, like, for example, science, uh, but also communication, education. So at w- and on the one hand, we work with com- uh, education. We also developed a program for children uh, of Amsterdam um, to come and visit and see the World Heritage Site from a boat. Um, we also made a, uh, the possibility for people to visit our World Heritage Information Center. Of tourism, of course, is fantastic in, in the sense that you want to make all the visitors happy that come to Amsterdam and they enjoy the city. Uh, but sometimes for the inhabitants, it's a great burden and a great pressure mm-hmm. to have that ma- that many tourists. And so it's also difficult for, this, for example, the city of Amsterdam to um, think about how you can spread uh, all those visitors. But on the other hand, I also have to um, s- try and stay connected with the policies of the city of Amsterdam, all the new developments that are taking place. Uh, so we also try and, and keep connected with the sustainability goals of the United Nations to see what is possible and not possible also because, of course, you have not only the World Heritage Site but the whole city center of Amsterdam is uh, also a protected area. Uh, so a lot of historic elements which also should be protected. So it's also sometimes um, very, not really difficult, but always a challenge to find the right connection, what is possible and what is not possible with new developments. Yeah. Well, moving to Nan, um, what's your background and why did you want to do research in the first place? I was uh, trained as an architect and also a little bit of a psychologist. So during my study, I find that um, studying architecture is perceived to be something really multidisciplinary. So we really deal with a lot of things and also most importantly with people. So uh, studying uh, psychology a little bit will kind of um, have the impact on me that we can analyze how people think of the environments that they are living in. And later, I uh, when I was in master, I also studied a little bit of uh, big data analysis. So that added another layer to to this kind of uh, analysis, so that we can know the collective view of people from the big data from more broader voices, so that then we can have a better image on what are the thing that people really think about the environment. That's interesting. So yeah. you're combining different fields of work, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, 
it's a large question, but maybe you can help us with the main goal of your research within Harryland. So um, my research topic is about understanding the people's perception, their opinion about heritage on the social media. So um, that is a way to uh, improve the so-called social inclusion um, while doing heritage planning and management. Traditionally, we think that um, heritage status is determined by the experts, but also um, the UNESCO 2011 uh, Historic Urban Landscape suggests that um, maybe a broader um, citizens, a broader stakeholders can be involved and their knowledge can also make important um, background information for experts to make decision. And they also suggested that we should have uh, tools to collect information as knowledge uh, documentation tool. So that is uh, where our arg argument came from, that social media already work at such a uh, uh, knowledge doc documentation tool where people are being really active sharing their knowledge about the heritage uh, property they live in or they visit. So that is the starting point of my research to look at those information on the social media and try to make sense of it and try to know what are the values and uh, attributes that people perceive uh, and they express on the social media. That's, that's a wonderful topic. And um, when you start uh, embarking on, on such a, uh, let's say, a lengthy <laughs> research project, uh, quite difficult, I assume, um, how do you actually start gathering that information? Do you start just looking online at, at posts or do you have other big data models which you can draw upon and, and further uh, that scientific knowledge? Yeah, as... Um Researcher, we always start uh, by literature review. So I looked a lot of um, similar research topics about using social media to um, help management, help planning. Uh, not necessarily about heritage, but mo a lot of them are actually about heritage, even though the authors are not stating. Um, so I checked on those um many uh, publications and looked for what are the tools they are using and what are the platforms from where they are collecting information. The finding is uh, that most of them are basically using two platforms. One of them is called Flickr. It is an image sharing uh, platform uh, where people upload photos um, and have a little bit of uh, textual description on the things that they upload. And the other thing is Twitter. So it is quite instant um, uh, discussion on there. So um, that is how I decided maybe uh, I can also use these two platforms to um, do my analysis. So uh, if I understand correctly, you, you've uh, set up a computer model uh, which you have trained with a lot of information coming from these platforms that will hopefully uh, make it possible to gather enormous amounts of, of social media posts. How, how many posts are we talking about? Is it thousands or tens of thousands? Yeah, so I have... Um, been working on case studies in three cities um, as an example, though our goal is to aim globally at all those uh, World Heritage uh, properties. But currently we are um, analyzing three cities, which is Venice, Amsterdam and uh, Suzhou. Um, it's very interesting that Amsterdam is 
called as the Venice of the North, while Suzhou in China is called the Venice of the East. So then we can have an interesting comparison. And、uh, from all the three cities, currently we all have a small sample、um, with three thousand somehow posts. And、uh, with Venice, we have collected a larger、um, data set with eighty thousand. So <laughs> it's quite a big number. And、um, as for the model you are talking about,、uh, we have actually been. Um, using all the UNESCO World Heritage、uh, properties as a dataset, so、uh, we take the statement of outstanding universal value as the input, and we kind of、uh, trained a model to、uh, classify a sentence to the specific、uh, selection criteria of、uh, outstanding universal value that sentence might be talking about. So. Um, for training that model, we use all one thousand、uh, something、uh, properties worldwide, and take all,、uh, took all the sentences of、uh, SOUV as input. So we kind of are、uh, convinced that this model、um, is a machine replica of the authoritarian view of the experts because. They are written by the experts worldwide for all the world heritage properties, which I、um, guess、uh, Ines is also part of them. So you have become in、um, one input、uh, expert of our, our, our model, and、um, so in、uh, with that we can have a base to、um, analyze the social media. So then we can use the view from the experts. To see, are uh, people uh, really、um, talking about something related to the selection criteria when they are posting? And during the training, the model learns to、um, classify, learns to、uh, tell which、uh, criteria might be related to a paragraph or a sentence. For example, let's、um, have a very、uh, easy or simple、uh, example. Ines, could you、um, use one sentence to to describe any part of Amsterdam that you that you like? Or well, the seventeenth century、uh, Ring of Canal area is one of my favorite parts of the city of Amsterdam. Can you use、um, one sentence to describe why do you think it's an interesting part?、Um, I think it's an interesting part because it's a, a combination of. Um, uh, architecture, well, on a human scale, combined with green, combined with water, combined with、uh, well, beautiful architecture.、Um, I don't know if that's yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So I will now act as my model. And <laughs> <laughs>、um, it has looked through your sentence and see that you talk、um, several times about architecture、mm-hmm. and architecture style. So that will probably have something to do the criteria four, which is about、uh, architectural typology,、mm-hmm. um, and also you talk about human scale, and、um, the kind of interaction perhaps from the people with the land use, and also、uh, something about water. So that will also probably lead a little bit to the criteria five about、uh, land use. 
So um, I'm act again. I'm acting as my model. So、mm. I suppose the model will probably classify that sentence as、um, related to criteria four and five. So it is how it works. <laughs> okay, that's thank you for that example. It really、yeah. clarifies. Yeah, it, it、uh, does.、Yes. Yeah, and、um, just to to paint the picture a little bit more.、Um, When I go on social media, I see a lot of people posting pictures of their food, of their pets, of their family.、Um, but you have specifically analyzed photographs that mainly deal with,、uh, let's say, the scenery and the architecture, and maybe the, in Amsterdam、uh, the canals and greenery, and and analyze those pictures. Or did you also take in all the other, let's say, clutter、uh, that is online? Yeah, so it's a, also a very interesting question because traditionally we think that heritage. Is mainly about、uh, those built environments, those、um, uh, tangible things. But actually, when we talk about、uh, heritage attributes, there are a large group of intangible attributes、uh, that's there. So,、uh, for example, when you talk about、uh, people having food、um, with their pets and traveling around,、uh, celebrating festivals, those are all intangible elements of、uh, heritage. So when we see a lot of、um, people enjoying their life, it's actually a good thing. So that also means the heritage property is being、uh, actively used、uh, by the people. So、uh, that's also included. In- it's also included. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's move to Ines.、Um, do you keep an eye on on social media、uh, from within your profession、uh, on a let's say weekly or monthly basis? I do use Flickr a lot because we recently also、um, used the whole dataset of、uh, UNESCO with all the eleven hundred forty five sites to make a new map with descriptions for children, and、uh, we found all the.、Um, The, the pictures we wanted to use on Flickr, so that was a fantastic source of information.、Uh, I, I check, especially Twitter,、uh, to see what citizens are sometimes tweeting about. Uh, uh, are they mainly concerned, or wh- when do they decide to write a social media post or post a picture? Well, there are、uh, some inhabitants of Amsterdam who use Twitter also to.、Um, Use their frustration about how the garbage is not、uh, being taken away at time, or there is too much garbage on the street. So that's also a way to notify、uh, the, the the city of Amsterdam that they didn't do their work、uh, properly.、Um, but there are also、uh, some people I I sometimes look up and try to follow. That are a little bit more interested in, in the, really the heritage, not only the the UNESCO part of the city, but the whole、uh, city center of Amsterdam. And they follow also what is happening、um, with s- certain yeah developments, but also within、um, the constructions of th- or restorations of some monuments. Okay. And do you have the feeling that they、uh, are alarmed that that Amsterdam might even lose its UNESCO status, or or is not playing by the rules as it should be? There are some warnings sometimes that there are developments that they don't like, and that they are afraid that maybe that will、uh, could be f- for UNESCO the possibility to take away our heritage status.、Uh, but 
that doesn't uh, use they don't 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 go there to that length they don't go that much okay. it's normally more in general um, that they are sometimes a little bit worried about certain developments or certain actions or the lack of actions that they expect from the city of Amsterdam yeah, it's really interesting to hear about uh, those scenarios that you um, care about when you read the social media post because um, it's also part of our starting point uh, of this research so we always want to uh, like to use the example of uh, Notre Dame de Paris mm. uh, as an as an example uh, so in 2019 we know that there was a grand fire there so during that time there was actually people from all over the world posting about their experience and their thoughts about um, Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. So it's not only the people, the residents of uh, Paris, but also all those who visited there or who know about the story, know about um, this uh, church, and they all express their their feelings. So we kind of um, use the argument of activated situation for for this kind of scenario. Mm -hmm. And but in the meanwhile, there are also like two years after the fire, three years after the fire, people still there is a group of people posting about uh, Notre Dame. But then they use the word kind of it's healing, it's going back to its state, or people are using that under construction uh, Notre Dame Paris as the new norm. So that is um, becoming their daily life. So then we have the distinction of um, everyday and activated. So when it's everyday, people just talk about normally about their experience, their their value of um, the places that they live in or the places that they visit. But if it's activated, then it must be activated by some kind of event, then there are more people getting involved in those uh, situation. So maybe uh, have you ever kind of uh, observed those um, difference between uh, activated and normal states uh, in Amsterdam as well? I don't think I do that uh, on a regular basis and I, I'm not really thinking about it when I'm uh, trying to read these tw tweets. But now, as you mentioned it, I think somehow, somewhere in the back of my mind, I do can make the distinction that you just described. Yeah. So also, kind of the the projects that you are talking about that might have effect impact on the heritage uh, status that might be those small events, not necessarily as big as the fire in Notre Dame. But yeah, exactly. Those small things can also trigger people. Yeah. Uh, we uh, at the moment here in Amsterdam um, at the moment and it will last for I think a few years to go on uh, that we have um, a, well a big problem with the situation and the status of our bridges and quays um, and especially in the city center of Amsterdam there are a lot of quays uh, which are in a bad shape so um, first we had to acknowledge as city of Amsterdam that those quays are in that good of a shape then we had to make a very large inventory to see which cases are in better shape in worse shape uh, which are the worst there was a, a large survey uh, for the ranking also of the situation of the case 
Um, and a lot of those cases that are in bad shape are especially also in the city center and even in the property of UNESCO. And then you see on Twitter a lot of opinions happening of how, uh, which techniques uh, the city of Amsterdam is using, uh, but also uh, which uh, um, decisions are made of how to repair the case. Uh, are they uh, put back in an historical state or do they use modern techniques, which also uh, changes the, well, the visual impact of those cases. So you see a lot of involvement uh, at the moment, uh, at, at least when I look at Twitter, I see a lot of involvement in those decisions that are made. It strikes me that, that you Ines, are talking about mostly residents interacting uh, with the plans, with the pictures maybe, and what they see in the streets. And Nan, you mentioned the fire in the Notre Dame. Um, it triggered a lot of reactions from people all over the world. And it uh, makes me think about this word, uh, heritage community, because um, Ines is talking about, let's say, the, the, the um, people that are living in Amsterdam and are very concerned. And you're talking about the rest of the world, basically. Mm -hmm. um, in your view, is, is posting on social media or uh, looking up things on Google, is it, um, can it be understood as uh, being part of a heritage community? Yeah, we do hope that uh, we can broaden the concept of heritage community to those people that not, are not necessarily living in the property but those who care about uh, that specific heritage property. So uh, then we say that all those people who concern about the heritage property uh, should be considered as their, uh, the community for it. Yeah, you, you mentioned Dan in your introduction about your research that you are trying to use digital techniques and tools to make a more inclusive um, heritage management possible. Um, could the, the example of the case and the bridges um, function in that way, do you think? Yeah, I think so. Because um, the benefit that digital technology and big data analysis can help us is that we don't have to go through the post uh, one by one. Instead, we can take a period of time and uh, use, for example, Amsterdam as a bounding box to collect inf uh, people talking about uh, case as a, as a hashtag or as a keyword. And then we can use some sort of uh, computational algorithm to help us accelerate the process of analyzing them and to extract the main topics, the main concerns, or uh, what are really uh, being talked about, the sentiment, the emotions, and uh, for example, also the techniques to use, and the suggestions, those can also uh, all be um, inferred from, from the social media post easily with uh, digital technology. So you don't have to look through all the, for example, 10,000 uh, posts, which is impossible for mm -hmm. yeah. uh, for people to do, but um, it's um, for for computer, it can process that in several seconds. So. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. But that because now I'm just following a few persons I know that are actively tweeting about uh, things in Amsterdam. And uh, I don't look up, for example, hashtags or whatever. Yeah. I just follow those persons. And also uh, for your um, 
continuing with your methodology, we can also use some interesting thing called social network analysis to see um, if those uh, few people uh, concerning about case are actually connected through more people. Who are the ones that follow their post? Who are the ones that repost and uh, comment to them? Then we can form a large social network of people concerning with the case of a case. Mm-hmm. So those are the, then the community for, for this problem. Yeah. yeah, that's really interesting. Just going into that a little bit more uh, in detail, because uh, Nanya Research contributes, I think, to the potential digitization of access to and perception of meanings and values attributed to heritage. Um, but uh, even though that impact is potentially far-reaching, um, there are also possibilities and maybe risks of using that information. And your study contributes to not only the possibilities, but also the possible drawbacks, if I understand. Um, what would you like to um, m- spread uh, in terms of uh, things ethically that you need to think about when you start using like social uh, media data like you are uh, doing at the moment? Yeah, I think there are a lot to talk about uh, when we want to say about ethic issues and uh, the drawbacks of using social media and uh, machine learning technologies and uh, for decision making. The first one of it is, of course, about the privacy issue. So, um, for example, in my research, I choose um, to only collect those um, images that is marked as downloadable by the owner in on Flickr. So that is kind of um, uh, respect to their own uh, copyright uh, for the image. For this kind of um, social media analysis, when you are concerning about thousands of users, you cannot uh, obtain the informed consent uh, by all of uh, the participants. Then the choice is uh, to let them be able to see that you are doing this research and they can choose to opt opt out if uh, they don't want to. Uh, have their information in your research anymore. The second uh, issue about using such technology, specifically uh, for our work using Flickr as the information platform, is that it can only include the people that are using Flickr. So that is uh, excluding certain age group, certain type of people that are not using Flickr, Maybe they are using Facebook, they are using uh, Instagram, or maybe they are not using uh, social media at all. Maybe they are not using internet at all. So when we make uh, draw conclusions from those results, we need to also be cautious that that a result might also be biased because you only uh, involved a certain group. And uh, we would say that this kind of a methodology should always be accompanied by some other supplemental me- methods, such as the interviews on the streets, uh, the really in- interviews with the people, or what uh, Amsterdam has been doing, the survey uh, concerning the local citizens. So all those information should be put together t- for decision making. Um, are there any 
let's say practical digital tools people can read that are ready to use or should people actually maybe first talk to you or someone who is uh, trained in in this field of work uh, in order to have them explain uh, what the possibilities are and what the drawbacks are or or can people just tap into a certain system or method that is out there on the internet it is really our dream to like uh, further develop my methodology into a ready-to-use platform so that people can, for example, give us the city or the district that they want would like, and then we give them the automatic uh, results. But it's not yet the case. So, and um, in order to use uh, our methodology. At least um, you need to be a little bit aware of how to use uh, Python, the programming language. So, but we have uh, open uh, published all the methodology as um, programs, open source programs on GitHub. So for those who know about uh, programming, they can already use all of our methodology in the own city um, that they want to. Um, want to study and also we have uh, published also all the data sets uh, that we collected from Amsterdam, Venice and Suzhou so people can also use the data set as a tabular to answer interesting uh, machine learning or heritage study questions. There's there's one last question I, I want to pose to, to Ines before we finalize. Um, and we just came out of the of the COVID uh, period when people weren't able to travel, only very close by, obviously. And um, let's say, well, of course, we hope it won't come back, but let's say we have another pandemic. Would um, computer models or simulations be uh, an answer for tourists, people curious to know, know more about the Amsterdam Canal Belt <laughs> to actually experience it in a way, of course, digitally, not the same as in real life. But do you think it sort of would legitimize uh, the city of Amsterdam to put some money into that uh, direction for people to enjoy the, the, the atmosphere in a way if they're not able to travel? Well, about the, of this question, we talked a lot about uh, because we when, uh, we also I also am in a platform with uh, the other twelve World Heritage sites, and there are, there were a few sites that really had difficulty uh, coping, like a lot of museums and and all uh, cultural uh, um, places, like also of course the restaurants and all the different institutions that were really. Um, hit by the, the pandemic um, but to really enjoy for example our world heritage site you you don't need that much yeah okay, okay you need the fact that you can travel towards it if you come from abroad but when you're in the city you can already experience our, the world heritage site of Amsterdam very in a very good way so I think it's it's a really difficult question to answer because I think the only way to really experience it being in the place itself and experiencing what you think, what you feel, what you see and all those emotions and thoughts together make the experience. Yeah. So there's no digital solution to that. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> but yeah. when, when people get, um, how to say, when people really get into the experience and 
and they experienced it, they can post their experience online. Yes. Then we can still kind of make use of that information、sure. to tell the others to see if there's empathy、uh, going on. Yeah. 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 Of course. Well, yeah, that's a beautiful remark.、Uh, maybe to f- to finalize the interview, I think. What I've learned from this discussion is、um, that information and thoughts and views from people matter when it comes to the valuation and and let's say、uh, interpretation of World Heritage sites. And how the、uh, network of World Heritage has been set up is is quite bureaucratic and quite top down. And、uh, by approaching it from exactly the other direction, from all these contrasting. Uh, views from all kinds of people from over the world in different age groups with different cultural backgrounds might deliver a different picture, but also a complementary picture to the the one that professionals might have painted for us. Definitely,、um, Ines Nan.、Uh, thank you both so much for providing、uh, views on how you think、uh, tools like surveys and digital uh, tools uh, might enhance or even foster citizen engagement in cultural heritage sites. It's been very enlightening, and、uh, we hope, of course, none、uh, to learn more in due course about、uh, your research after Harryland. Maybe you have one more year to go. And for Ines, it's it's quite simple. I think people should just keep on visiting Amsterdam and sharing their experiences. Maybe not with too many people at the time, <laughs> <Exactly> . but、uh, in the in the right、um, or, uh, let's say、uh, the right way.、Uh, thank you again, and、um, yeah, thanks for、uh, sharing your views. Thank you so much. Thank you too, very much. Are you interested to dive into Nanbai's academic work, find out what Harryland is, or learn about Amsterdam's world heritage? Then make sure to visit the European Heritage Tribune, where you can find this episode's show notes, all other episodes in the series, and the latest news on cultural heritage from around Europe. Find the European Heritage Tribune at heritagetribune.eu. This episode was brought to you by producer Alma Abt and myself, Teun van der Ende. Our thanks go out to Nan Bai and Ines Weijermans for kindly sharing their views, and to Gertjan Burgers and Ruud van Oria of the Harryland Consortium for their help in preparing the podcast series. The music was produced by the Schoonman Jazz Quartet. And last but not least, I want to mention that this podcast series is generously supported by the Dutch Creative Industries Fund and the Vrije Universiteit Amsterdam, coordinator of Harryland and Terra Nova. Both projects are funded by the European Union's Horizon 2020 Research and Innovation Program under the Marie Skłodowska Curie Grant Agreements 813883 and 813904, respectively.